Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is up, everybody? And welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember that primetime is brought to you by our friends over at freemanmazda.net. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show. Before we get into any of that, though, let's talk a little bit about what's going down tonight. We've got the NFL honors, and I'm always conflicted by that show because uh, first, they didn't even air it on time. Like They taped the show and then uh, re-aired it at a later time, and now they're doing it live, but you're still getting constant spoilers. Like, for example, we already know uh, we already know who won assistant coach of the year in D'Amico Ryans. And we will likely know about some of the major awards as well moving forward in the night. That kind of ruins the NFL honors experience for me. But there is one thing that I am looking forward to, and that is uh, the Hall of Fame in the, the Hall of Fame announcement. They will go from their usual 15 finalists of the modern era to just five at plus, you know, the senior players and the coaches. And I hope that Don Coriel gets in, by the way, finally, the late Don Coriel. But uh, the Marcus Warrior is in there. And the Marcus Warrior was in there last year for the first time. And I thought that he was snubbed. I really hope that it doesn't happen again tonight. And by the way, if you're watching this on Friday morning and you already know about the news, then take this as an opportunity to talk about uh, the Marcus Ware. And if he was snubbed, we'll talk about, you know, why that shouldn't have happened in the first place. As of this live stream, we don't know what the results are going to be uh, later tonight when they are announced. But, man, let's talk about the Marcus Ware a little bit here on the show really quickly because he is one of the most deserving players among the finalists that when it comes to Hall of Fame caliber play in his career. And I hope that he gets in tonight. We know some of these stats already by heart, but gold jacket DeMarcus Ware is ninth in the NFL in sacks in the history of the league. He has a 138 and a half. By the way, he got to 100 in just 93 games. Uh, and we're talking about the second, the 96 games, excuse me, uh, the second, that's not accurate, excuse me. What is accurate, though, is that he's the second fastest player to get to 100 sacks in the history of the league since 1982. That's not just like a, a random year to pick. That is a year when sacks 
became an official stat and they started, you know, uh, keeping track of those officially. So 100 sacks, second fastest player to get there other than Reggie White. And that is the kind of player that you want to be compared to when it comes to stats for sure. He was a four-time first-team All-Pro player. He's got more sacks, more career sacks than Jared Allen and Dwight Freeney, who are also finalists for the Hall of Fame tonight. And he had seven straight seasons with 10 sacks minimum. Not to mention that he led the league in sacks twice during his career. The Marcus Ware belongs in there. And if he does get in there, and, and he's going to get there eventually, by the way, but like if he if this happens tonight, he will keep a very unique and ironic piece of Cowboys history because he will be the first Cowboys player to be inducted into the Hall of Fame that didn't win a Super Bowl with the Cowboys. So every Cowboys Hall of Famer was a champion with the team. Where is not going to be that? He did win the Super Bowl. We know that with the Denver Broncos. And he played at a high level there too. It isn't like he got there at the end of his career just to, you know, get one last contract in. No, he performed quite well for Denver, actually. He's going to be the one player in Cowboys history that's in the Hall of Fame and didn't win the, the rink with the Cowboys. And while that is certainly a sad stat, it also speaks volumes to the greatness that DeMarcus Ware was, even though he didn't win the championship. And, you know, when it comes to the Hall of Fame, and we'll get to this when we get to Woodson too, they are very picky about, you know, championship caliber players. In the sense that, uh, especially if you are a defensive guy, you better have the Super Bowls or at least one to get in there. Now, where it does have one, but what I mean is that level of dominance, that level of dominance that we saw throughout Ware's career, most of it, the vast majority of it came with him wearing the star. And that greatness is what's actually going to get him to Canton. I would say that if you take away what DeMarcus Ware did with the Broncos, we're still talking about him as a first ballot caliber player for the Hall of Fame. And that speaks volumes as to what he did with the Cowboys and during his career as a Dallas Cowboy. It's sad that, you know, it's one of those careers that we look back on and we say, oh man, where is he player that the Cowboys wasted? And that is true. That is very true. But it's, it's still a, a good opportunity to reminisce on what Marcus Ware did as a Dallas Cowboy. So shout out to everybody who's joining the show. By the way, uh, do me a favor and hit the thumbs up. Every like puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. Let me read some of your comments really quickly. Shout out to Toxic Tom. He's on the YouTube chat. The same for Bruce Gregory. Thank you for joining the show. We've got Miller over at Facebook. We've got Danny Savage, and Danny's speaking about, you know, the same thing that I was mentioning, and I agree. He says, we wasted where, uh, just like Micah. Well, hey, Micah is, in, Micah is two years into his NFL career. Let's hope, let's hope we don't have the, that same uh, statement about him. 
when we're talking about Parsons getting into the Hall of Fame. A shout out to Ines as well over on Facebook. We've got Shogun as well. Uh, thank you, sir, for being here. Toxic Tom says, what did we do with that greatness, Mo? Unfortunately, wasted it. Uh, like like we, like we I just said, uh, we did waste, the Cowboys wasted the Marcus Wurz greatness. But I like reminiscing on it uh, even still. Seven straight seasons with 10 sacks at least. Man, that is impressive because that speaks to us about how consistent he, he was, how consistent he was in a stat that we have learned is mostly very quarterback dependent, very offensive line dependent. It's not only about being a great pass rusher. We've seen some, some of the best pass rushers in the NFL have very volatile seasons when it comes to the number of sacks. Not the Marcus Ware, though. He was getting there. Speaking of the spoiler alerts, uh, Justin Jefferson is winning Offensive Player of the Year, according to the latest news. I hate, I hate that they do this, man. I hate that they uh, don't... Go with the, or, or maybe they are, but I'm not watching the TV broadcast right now. So maybe, maybe this is on time with the, with the NFL Honors Show. I'm sorry if I spoil it for you. I will be more careful, maybe. But I just reacted to the notification, which why, and I'm in the lookout for the notifications because of, you know, I wanna, I wanna hear about the Hall of Famers. I wanna hear about them. He should go in as a Bronco. Says Toxic Tom, a competent organization. You know, I don't agree with that. I mean, uh, respect to what he did with the Broncos. But, like, this is not really like the MLB, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. But I don't think that this is like the MLB in which they show your hat in the plaque of, Car of Cooperstown. They do that in Major League Baseball. So you really go in as a member of one team. But if I'm not wrong, that isn't the case with the busts. That they have in Canton, right? Like you just get into the Hall of Fame and you played with this and that team, and then people remember who you did most of 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 your achievements with. But if I'm not wrong, it's not like you go as a member of one team into the Hall of Fame when it comes to football. Correct me if I'm wrong, though. Now, uh, Toxic Tom says, "Wait, how is Hurts or Mahomes the MVP front runners?" not winners of the Offensive Player of the Year. That always happens. And I kind of agree with it. Uh, it would be lame, in my opinion. Like, it is already kind of lame that we always know that the quarterback who is named the first team all pro quarterback will win the MVP because it's always the case. By the way, going back to 20, going back to 2007, except for 2012, which is a year in which Adrian Peterson won the MVP since 2007, every time the MVP and the first team quarterback on the first team all pro quarterback coincide because it's the same voters, same exact voters. So at least I am one of, I am somebody that supports the idea of the MVP not winning the offensive player of the year. But I will say, that I would have voted for, like if I'm voting for Patrick Mahomes as the MVP, which in my opinion should not even be a debate. Patrick Mahomes was the MVP of this season. 
I, I would argue that uh, Jalen Hurts could have won the Offensive Player of the Year because they're trying to give that to non-quarterback players from what I have seen. But I think that Hurts was had a good enough season to warrant that award. Like in 2015, I think that um, a quarterback also won in 2016. Although I think that those years... Actually, the MVP and the OPOY were the same player. But I agree with not giving it to the same guy. Thank you to Bruce and Toxic. Uh, thank you for the reassurance that the players don't go into the Hall of Fame as a member of one team. I like that about Major League Baseball, that they go in with one of the hats of the teams they played with. But also, I kind of like the idea of going in there without a, a an official team per se. So because that way you make it more about the player than you make it about the team. And it's a team sport. It will always be a team sport. But those players who are in Canton are in there because they were great individual players as well. Not because they were a part of great football teams. That's part of it. Yes, but uh, sometimes, not always. Uh, but I like the idea of it being, you know, also more about the player. So I could live with both, but I, I appreciate this being the case for for the NFL and separately for the for the Major League Baseball. But anyways, uh, the Marcus Ware is not the only player that we will see uh, as a finalist tonight in a few moments too, because uh, it's not going to take a, a long time. If you're watching this show after the event, uh, remember that we already know what happened. The numbers are the same, though, so we can still talk about this kind of stuff. Charles Woodson. Darren Woodson, excuse me. Man, I confused Darren with Charles. Excuse me. Darren Woodson, also a finalist for the Hall of Fame tonight. He's been eligible since 2008. He has not gotten there. Three-time Super Bowl champion, two-time All-Pro let me know in the chat, what do you think? Do both make it into the Hall of Fame tonight? Does only DeMarcus Ware make it? Does only Woodson make it? Let me know in the chat, what do you think will go down tonight? And we'll get into my answer as well. But before we do any of that, and while you give me your answers, while you give me your answers in the chat, let me talk to you about our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. Because, as always, they are bringing you primetime. And this is a family-owned business. Has been so for over 65 years. When you choose Freeman Mazda, you are choosing a lifelong partnership with your car dealer. And, as always, remember to visit their dealership over at Irving, Texas. You can check out their website as well over at FreemanMazda.net. You can check out all of their new and used vehicles on the site as well as their features, the pictures outside and inside. And as always, we do have the ride of the week. And this time we're talking about the 2023 Mazda CX-30 2.5S, which starts at $24,225. It's got all-wheel drive. Apple CarPlay slash Android Auto, a Wi-Fi hotspot, adaptive cruise control, 
and a miles per gallon capacity of 26 when you are in the city. That goes up to 31 when you are in the highway. Who do you think makes it? Both of them? Woodson and where? Just Woodson? Just where? Let's see. Shogun says both where and Charles Woodson inducted. Positive influence built today's game. Gregory says, I say that even though he deserves it, Woodson won't get it tonight. Showtime 53 says, uh, Woody should definitely make it. Safety with coverage skills with three Super Bowl rings. This, been a, this has been a long time coming. Just a quick parenthesis. We knew this was going to happen. Oh, man. What? Oh. Michael Parsons finished second in the Defensive Player of the Year voting. That's not a surprise. We knew that it was going to be Boza. He got the sacks at the end of the season. That made a difference. You can make the argument for both players, in my opinion. But according to Ari Mayrop, Micah did not get a single first place vote. What? Wait, how is that the case? And how does Micah then ends up in uh, second in voting for AP Defensive Player of the Year in each of his first two NFL seasons? I mean, there's no way. There's no way that he did not get first place votes, right? Or maybe that's because of the new thing that they're doing in which they actually get to rank the players and they go first, second, third, fourth, and fifth. I think that they are doing that now. So maybe that is why. We'll find out. We'll find out when more details come out. But Ari Mayrop reported the first team boats, the, the first place boats. And yeah, looks like Nick Bosa had 46. Hassan Reddick had two. Quinton Williams had one. And, Mike, and Chris Jones had one. What? Am I reading these right? I'm looking for more, uh, but like, how do you go on? How does Mike not get first place votes for defensive player of the year, but Hassan Reddick gets two, Quinn and Williams gets one, and Chris Jones gets one? That's disrespectful. <laughs> That is 100% disrespectful and voters getting bored of talking about Micah Parsons since week one. Because Micah had pressures, more as the same pressures as Nick Bosa, more hurries, forced three fumbles, was higher in pass rush win rate, had more stops, had a higher pressure rate, Wow. That is crazy. That is crazy if that is true. But then again, uh, Michael Gelkin did tweet out that he was uh, second in Defensive Player of the Year voting. So I'm not entirely sure how that, how that works. But hey, uh, respect to Nick Boza. I do think that he, he had a, a fair argument to win it. The numbers were very similar, and Bosa had the sacks, and we can talk all we want about uh, 
the sacks being volatile or sustainable or, or whatever we want to do. But at the end of the day, uh, the award is not only about who was the best. It's, all, it's also about who did the, the most. And, you know, balancing that, it, it should be hard for a voter. So I, I don't hate that Nick Boza won it. I think that that's fair. But I am blown away by Reddit getting two votes, Quinton Williams getting one first place vote, and Chris Jones getting one first place vote. I think that's, I think that's bias against the Cowboys. And I, I don't usually believe in the, you know, the media hates the Cowboys kind of stuff. But this is BS, man. Hassan <laughs> Reddick did not deserve two first place votes over Micah Parsons. Come on. And remember, the playoffs did not count. So even if you want to make the argument that Al Reddick did more in the playoffs because he dominated the two games that he played, and I do believe that he did, that didn't even count. <laughs> because the voters vote after, after the regular season and before the playoffs. That's crazy. All right. Live reaction to what, in my opinion, is, is a very dumb development from the voters. I even had my doubts about this. <laughs> how? How, how, how? Not right. Not right. Anyways, let's see what you guys have to say in the chat. If you ain't first, you are last, says Toxic Tom. Uh, either way, he didn't win. That's true. Mo says, uh, Bruce, excuse me, says, Mo, Cowboys don't get a fair shake. You know that. Did Jerry win executive of the year, says Toxic Tom? No, he did not, sir. No, he did not. Uh, so I think that I think that the Marcus word gets in. I don't think that Woodson does. That is my prediction. I tweeted it out, too, over at, at Mao NFL. It's M-A-U NFL, in case you want to check out my Twitter. I tweet a lot in Spanish, though, so be ready for that. You can always hit the translate button, and if it doesn't work out, you can also ask me, and I will translate my tweets for you. But here is my five-man prediction for the modern era finalists. I've got D-Ware. I've got uh, Tampa Bay Box cornerback Ronda Barber. I've got Darrell Revis being voted into the Hall of Fame. I've got offensive tackle Joe Thomas. I've got linebacker Patrick Willis. Those are my final five. Uh, there are two other names that I wonder about, and I have them written down here in my notebook. I wonder about Zach Thomas, linebacker. I mean, technically he did play with the Cowboys, but not really. <laughs> and I also wonder about Willie Anderson, the Bengals offensive tackle. He was dominant, man, during his career. He deserves to be in there. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. But that's my prediction. Where Barber, Rebus, Thomas, and Patrick Willis. If I had to change one of these, I would probably change Patrick Willis over uh, Zach Thomas. So I actually agree with Toxic Tom on what he's saying. Zach Thomas needs to get in. I can't believe that he isn't in, says uh, Toxic Tom. He was, very, he was a very good player. I've watched a lot of highlights from Zach Thomas, one of those players that even though I didn't get to watch when I was really just into football in a much more real sense that you can be at like seven years old or six years old. And Zach Thomas, I think, does deserve to be in 100%. But I think that it's a it's a deserving class, the, the one that we're seeing tonight. I think that Barber 
it sounds like he's already in. Uh, just based on how the Tampa Bay Bucks media has behaved today, feels like they know. Feels like they already know. All right, Garrett Wilson, Rookie of the Year. That actually fits my prediction. Nailed it. All right. Jerry's the media's villain, says Army Mom Heather. Shouldn't impact players, though, right? <laughs> In an ideal world. Man. Kind of still shook about what happened with with the Michael Parsons thing. But I, hey, we, we, we can touch on this again on Sunday or Monday. Uh, but before we get out of here, I did want to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. Let me know in the chat, who are you taking? Are you taking the Chiefs? Are you taking the Eagles? Let me know in the chat. And I know, I know this is a Cowboys show. But if you're being objective and you're keeping it real, who do you think wins on Super Bowl? Sunday. I think that I have a list of three things of things that I will be in the lookout for on the big game. My Super Bowl watch. I'm looking at how the Chiefs operate from 12 personnel. I think that they'll use a lot of two tight end sets in order to force the Eagles to, you know, really make those linebackers make plays and tackle and I am looking forward to seeing how the Eagles actually, and just adding to the 12 personnel thing, I, I think that many people have not realized, even after 18 games, no, 19 games from the Kansas City Chiefs, that they can run the football. Like, they're not only running it more often, they are running it way better than any of the past few seasons that we've seen from the Chiefs. And that's because they can go in there with two tight ends and they can pound the rock with Isaiah Pacheco. They're actually a very decent running team. Now, the Eagles are as well. And if there is one thing that the Chiefs cannot do is have the numbers disadvantage. The Eagles are great at this. Uh, let's give them credit for that. They can, they can run to the strong side. They can run to the weak side. And when you match their numbers... They can just have Jalen Hurts keep the football and boom. They have one more guy than you because the running back now is blocking and you got to worry about that. The Chiefs are not going to be more physical than the Eagles. That's just not how this game is going to play out. So can the Chiefs be like, you know, savvy enough and in the moment enough to keep the numbers advantage over the birds as frequently as possible? And conversely, can the Eagles keep beating the Chiefs in, you know, even situations with the same amount of blockers versus tacklers? That is definitely the thing that the Eagles want. And then my number three thing that I will be watching is stopping Travis Kelsey. Everybody knows that. But also stopping Dallas Goddard. This seems to me like a game in which Dallas Goddard can go off. Here's why. Against the Bengals, we saw the Chiefs bracket Devonta Smith, and we saw them bracket, excuse me, uh, against the Bengals, the Chiefs bracketed Jamar Chase, and they bracketed T. Higgins. I'm guessing we see the same thing now with A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith, just because they're very talented wideouts, and it's not like the 
Chiefs want their cornerbacks, which have not been a liability, but they're definitely not a strength. They don't want them living on islands. So I could see Dallas Goddard being the one guy that ends up facing multiple one-on-one situations, and I can see the Eagles exploiting that. Uh, That's one of the guys that I know I will be betting props for as we head into Super Bowl Sunday. I am expecting Dallas Goddard to have quite the game, but listen, this is going to be a fun game. It's going to be a close one. Toxic Tom says, uh, neither. Screw both of them. Did, uh, did Darren get the W in the, ha- in the hall? Says Army Mom Heather. We don't know yet, but I did want to talk about it tonight. Uh, Gregory says 27 to 34 Eagles. Army Mom goes with Chiefs winning it all. Let's see here. Never root for the birds. LOL. Chiefs win comfortably after his low start. Bruce says, I hate to say that a lot seems to be going on the Eagles' favor. Hey, listen, they are division rivals, and I think that no Cowboys fans, no, no Cowboys fan wants to see the Eagles win another Super Bowl. But I will tell you this, uh, Bruce is right, man. Like everything looks easy for the Eagles. They're clearly the better roster, but can the better quarterback and head coach be a difference maker in the big one? Army mom, Heather says, Chiefs are just as dynamic as they are and have an elite head coach. This is how good the Chiefs offense is. Get ready for this one. By DBOA, which is measured by percentage. Basically, how DBOA works is they give you a percentage, and that percentage is how better are you than an average team in an average situation, neutral side game, all of that. Offensively, the Chiefs are number one, and the Eagles are number two. But the gap between the two of them is the same one as the Eagles, who are number two and the 17th ranked team. How crazy is that? That's how good the Chiefs are. Like, they're number one, but they're in another league, in another world, in another universe of their own. And because of that, here goes my prediction. Give me the Chiefs winning it all. Patrick Mahomes winning his second Super Bowl in a high-scoring game. This is my final one-mode prediction of the 2022-2023 NFL season. I've got the Chiefs scoring 30 points. I've got the Eagles going with 27. Goddard leads in receiving yards for the Eagles. That is my bold prediction. And then uh, Travis Kelsey, even though he will face all of the double coverage, I see him uh, scoring two touchdowns. I think that they will find a way to get him the football and just be a difference maker right there. Army Mom says, never, ever underestimate Reed. He will want to beat his former team. That is is an awesome, awesome storyline, by the way. The fact that Andy Reed is going to be playing against his former team, his former team is going to, trying to win the Super Bowl that they didn't win with him. Uh, So I think that storyline is certainly fun. Michael says, Eagles don't deserve to win with their horrible fans. Uh, Puck Puck says, is this a Q&A? Well, you can throw questions, of course. I love that your profile picture is an actual Puck, by the way. Chiefs 38-20 says Army Mom Heather. 
Toxic Tom says, we kept Garrett for a decade, feeling fired, their Super Bowl winning coach, and are back in the Super Bowl facing their former head coach. Cannot make it up. That's right. <laughs> you cannot make it up, man. It's frustrating, but hey, hopefully, 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 uh, the Cowboys end that negative streak soon. But hmm, we don't know. We don't know. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that will be it for me tonight here on ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. No, man, Michael Gelkin. Wait. All right, all right. Just want to clear this up because we talked about it. Here is the total voting. Okay, so this is weird. I still disagree. I still disagree because he, he did get zero first place votes Micah did but in total voting he was uh second so the way that the total points ended up working was Nick Bosa got 237 points with 46 first place votes and then Micah comes in at number second with 101 points and zero first place votes Essentially, what I think that happened here is probably everybody who voted for Nick Boza as the defensive player of the year voted for Micah as the runner-up. But then some creative voters wanted to get wanted to get Chris Jones a defensive player of the year. He got one. And then Hassan Reddick got two. Probably Philly Rioters, I would assume. So it's still kind of outrageous that Micah did not get first place votes by anybody. But I think that at the end of the day, the majority of the voters ended up uh, like recognizing Micah as a clear runner-up. Even though if you go by first place votes, it's kind of weird. I will see you on Sunday night. I will not see you at 8 p.m. Central because the game will be, you know being played but i will see you after the super bowl and we're gonna talk about the super bowl let's let's keep it real i think it wouldn't make any sense to talk about something else we're gonna talk about the game might talk about rihanna if you want to talk about rihanna let's see who the halftime guest is i would love to see slim shady back in there that's my guy <laughs> i will see you on sunday night then do me a favor and hit the like button if you enjoyed the video Subscribe to the channel because we are making daily Cowboys content for you. And of course, as always, make sure that you tune in to Skywalker Steel tomorrow morning. And I will see you Sunday. Bye-bye.